looking to dive into topics on how to live a happier, healthier, more fit, and long lifespan, then you've come to the right podcast. Live in the dream with me, Coach Damian Evans. Together, we will explore the topics on all things health, fitness, and wellness. Together, we will be lifelong learners on this journey to living the ultimate dream. What up, Dream Team? Coach D here coming at you from beautiful, sunny San Diego. And in today's Megaphone episode, we will be shouting out an incredible professor from Stanford who takes his valuable time to break down super complex scientific topics into digestible information for the public on both social media platforms and his super well-done podcast. I can't shout out enough the professor of neurobiology, Professor Andrew Huberman. Today, we're going to provide you with some actionable information in a condensed form about habits, specifically how to form habits and how to break habits. I learned so much from Professor Huberman's podcast episode released on January 3rd of 2022. It's called The Science of Making and Breaking Habits. If you want to deeper dive into this topic, I'll include the link in the description of this megaphone episode so you can listen a little bit further in and dive in a little deeper and check it out. Now, Professor Huberman has two program frameworks for habit forming, and these are aligned with both our biology and our neurochemistry. And this makes forming great habits and breaking bad habits just so much easier. They work best when combined. Let's dive into a protocol that Professor Huberman came up with in order to help us average everyday people with our habits, both good and bad. He calls this the Huberman Lab Habits Program. Part A of this program involves adjusting habits requires overcoming what he calls limbic friction. This is the energy it takes to overcome anxiety, procrastination, and or fatigue. You'll want to leverage the natural rhythms of your brain and body to make it more likely that you will engage or maintain habits. And this is made easy by dividing each 24-hour day cycle into three different phases. So every 24 hours in a day should be broken up into three different phases. Phase one, the first zero to eight hours after you wake up. Your brain and body are more action and focus oriented in this phase one, the first eight hours after waking due to elevated dopamine, adrenaline, and cortisol levels. It's easier to overcome limbic friction in this phase. It's important to note that We are also more prone to distraction and reflexive multitasking at this time as well. With this knowledge, it's our duty to not succumb to these distractions and reflexive multitasking behaviors. I think we know what some of those are, like checking social media and checking emails. Professor Huberman suggests setting one to four habits for completion in phase one one to four habits in the first eight hours of your day. These should be the habits that require energy and focus. It helps if we set a window of time for completion of these tasks in this phase. For example, I'm going to set a 45-minute time frame for focused reading, or I'm going to set a 90-minute time frame for this certain work. Or 55 minutes on of work and five minutes off for tasks that require mental focus. Timeframes of that nature are super beneficial in this phase one. 
So phase one, essentially get the hardest tasks of your day done first. Eat the frog, get it out of the way, get it done first is what Professor Huberman is saying. And of course, if you can do your habit at the same time each day, that's wonderful. But if you can just set a broader window of opportunity, that'll help give us a little bit of leniency for our our busy, distracted lives. Moving on to phase number two. This is the nine to 15 hours after waking. So the nine to 15 hours after waking phase two, you want to leverage your naturally higher serotonin levels and your lower adrenaline levels. And you want to engage in habits that don't require you to overcome much limbic friction. Uh, This is an excellent time for behaviors and thinking that can be completed with less focus. The sort of things that involve creative exploration. These are perfect. So writing fiction, making rough drafts, writing music, play of any kind, experimentation. In this phase, you can also participate in lower focus physical requirement pursuits like zone two cardio, which zone two cardio is when you're doing a physical activity and you can still hold a conversation, but maybe you just don't really want to. You're breathless, but you're not about to pass out. Things like vigorous walking, or even cycling at an intensity of like four to seven out of 10. Whereas phase one is terrific for our habits when precise execution is needed. Phase two is better for looser things, trying a new recipe, brainstorming, exploring a new approach to some aspect of your work, a physical pursuit, Even things like relationships or learning, these are best in phase two, the nine to 15 hours after waking. Professor Huberman also talks about in his episode 53, a lot of habit formation has to do with being in the right state of mind and being able to control your body and mind. So moving on to phase number three, phase three. It is the 16 to 24 hours after waking, and this is when we reset our ability to overcome limbic friction by, you guessed it, resting and sleeping. Professor Huberman also has some amazing episodes on sleep. Some of his first episodes were on sleep because of how important this topic is. So when sleeping, you want to avoid bright lights. You want to sleep in a cool room and a dark room. Temperature, cool, and lighting dark. If you haven't listened to the masterclass episode on sleep that we did here at the Live in the Dream podcast, you're going to want to check that out. I'll include a link in the description of this megaphone episode. So after knowing about the three phases of your day, part phase one, phase two, phase three, phase one is where you want to do all your hard work first, the first eight hours. Phase two is when you want to do more of your creative work, more more flexible work, nine to 15 hours after waking. And then part Three, that's when you're going to be winding down and trying to reset to do it all over again with rest and sleep. Part B of this program, this is called the test habit change in alternating blocks. So what that means is, is Professor Huberman suggests that people pick six new habits to incorporate every day. And this is for 21 days, just under a month. So pick six new habits and try to do these six new habits every day. Write them down, and your goal is to complete four to six of those per day. Mark them off each day on a calendar. Now, notice that I said four to six. Don't stress about only doing four 
out of six of the new habits and don't compensate. If you only get four out of six on one day, don't try to do more than six the next day. Professor Huberman says that a no compensation system is best here. Merge this approach with the phase one, phase two, phase three structure that we talked about and be in the best position to succeed. But how do you know if you're succeeding? Once you've done your 21 days of knocking out four to six habits a day, then you want to take the next 21 days and just track your behavior. Write in a journal what you do each day. You're not trying to incorporate new habits in this second 21-day uh, phase. So just live your life the best that you can. And after 21 days of concentrated effort on these habits, you'll see through the next 21 days which ones stuck. So that's 21 days of habit formation, and that's 21 days of testing to see which habits actually became habits. And then you can move back into another 21-day habit formation phase. Use your progress over that previous 21 days to determine if you should add more to your four to six per day list. If you haven't gotten any of the habits down, then you wouldn't want to add any more. You would want to just retry the previous four to six habits until that they have stuck as a habit. But how do you know that you've made a new habit? The strength of habit is dictated by how much limbic friction you need to overcome to perform the behavior and how much context dependence there is. Meaning, do you perform the habit no matter what? Or only when you're calm, rested, or in the presence of others, or if you're caffeinated, are there stipulations as to why you have to do the habit, or do you just perform the habit no matter what? Let's move on to part C, breaking habits. So breaking habits, this is, this is simple, but not always easy. To break a habit, you need to be conscious and bring conscious awareness to the fact that you participated in the habit that you're trying to break. Then when you realize that you did, you need to engage in positive behavior immediately afterwards. The specific positive behavior is less important than the fact that it comes immediately after the habit you're trying to break and that it's not a negative behavior. It's a positive behavior. So 10 jumping jacks or push-ups are good do anywhere, yes, anywhere, positive behaviors. Positive because they're good for us, not because we necessarily enjoy them. So let's say you have a bad habit of biting your nails and you notice that you find yourself biting your nails, you stop immediately and you drop and do 10 push-ups. Or you find yourself watching Netflix at night and you find yourself wandering into the kitchen, opening up the fridge. As soon as you notice that you've done that, you stop and do 10 jumping jacks or something like that. The goal is to do it immediately after and as consistently as possible every single time so that you can wire those neurons in the brain to associate together. And if you want to do a deeper dive into habits, we did a huge masterclass episode on how to make exercise a habit. And even if exercise is not the habit that you're trying to create, you can learn through this episode, the steps and actions and cues and rewards that can get you to any habit. I'll include the link as well in the description of this megaphone episode. 
And if you're more of a book type of person, you got to check out James Clear, who wrote a really fantastic book called Atomic Habits. You got to check it out if you haven't already. Or another book that was written by B.J. Fogg called Tiny Habits. It's insanely insightful. Check both of those books out. I highly recommend them. And that's it, my friends, for this week's Megaphone episode. Each week, we're going to focus on sharing information that we find that will help you with your health, fitness, and wellness journey. Share the knowledge that you gained with your friends, your family, and hold each other accountable. If you enjoyed this content, it helps a ton if you post on your social media stories a screenshot of this episode with one takeaway that you learned, and make sure you tag me and share your journey. Tag me at liveinthedream underscore podcast or at coachdamian underscore SD. And let me know and your network know how this episode benefited you. Let's get more people on this lifelong learner train and join the Live in the Dream team. And let me know if you have any suggestions or tips that will help your Live in the Dream team that we can discuss on future episodes. I will be right here with you working on making us stronger, happier, and healthier humans. Until next time, friends, keep living the dream. The focusing breath, also called box breathing. With this style of breathing technique, our aim is to improve your performance, sharpen your concentration, and reduce your stress. Perfect preparation for important moments like tests, presentations, games, tough conversations, and even things like first dates. This type of breathing is also very commonly associated with Navy SEALs and other elite soldiers to focus them properly for their tasks in battle. The technique is called box breathing. If you listen to your podcasts in accelerated speed, now is the time to take it back to normal. You can do this breath work anywhere, and I prefer to do it with my eyes closed. But if you're driving or doing something where that isn't an option, feel free to do this in whatever way fits your current situation the best. We're going to do about five rounds of box breathing together. We will inhale slowly through your nose. Lips will be sealed the entire time. Inhaling for a count of four. We will pause at the top of the inhale for another count of four. And I use the word pause intentionally here. Instead of thinking of holding your breath, Think of it as gently resting your breath at the top of your inhale. Explore the feeling of calm, and in this way, you will avoid tensing up before the exhale. Then slowly exhaling in a way that feels as if you're letting go of all the air in your lungs. We will then pause again and rest at the end of your exhale for a count of four before we start your next inhale. So again, inhaling for four, pausing for four, exhaling for four, and pausing again for four. Four equal sides of breathing to create the equal-sided box breathing technique that we're looking for. Rhythmic deep breathing helps regulate body temperature and also lower blood pressure. Pausing your breath allows carbon dioxide to build up in the blood, and releasing your breath then stimulates your body helping you become more attentive, but also relaxed at the same time. So when you're ready, let's begin. Inhale deeply to your belly through your nose for one, two, 
three, four, pause, gently resting at the top for two, three, four, exhale through your nose, letting go of all the air in your lungs for two, three, four, pause with an awareness of stillness for one, two, three, four, inhale, one, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, in, three, four, pause, three, four, out, three, four, pause, three, four, in, expand, pause, find calm, out, let go, pause, observe stillness, two more rounds, in, deep, gentle pause, Let it go out. Pause. Last round. Deep breath in. Gentle pause. Fully out, empty. Pause. And now return back to your normal breath and take a second of awareness to check in on how you feel right now. Throughout the rest of your day, when you find yourself feeling any differently than how you feel right now, and you'd like to change that, just do a few rounds of focusing breath like we just did and notice how things may change for you. May this feeling continue on for you and may it benefit all of those around you. Until next time, friends, keep living the dream.